a black girl from South Dallas, mm-hmm. pregnant at what nineteen? Yeah, no, 20. 20. 20 yeah, 20. pregnant at twenty. Mm-hmm. Pregnant by a potential felon, a black man. Yes, <laughs> yeah, from the north side of Houston. Yes, north side. Yep. Google North Side Houston. <laughs> <laughs> north Side with a RF. Yeah. Um potential felon. Mhm. And those are the two right? Those are the things as you think of stigma in the black community. Yeah. Right. For sure. Parents say, "Yo, single mom, don't yeah. 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 Don't get pregnant." Yeah. Got to get done with school for and don't go to jail right there. Yeah. They're already trying to lock us up for stuff that we don't do. Yeah. So don't do nothing. Yeah. When you found out that you were pregnant, what went through your mind? Oh my gosh. Some of the thoughts were like, this can't really be happening. Almost like a denial of the the truth. And then it was like, oh man, I don't want to be a baby mama. Like right. mm. that's my, like I don't my, my parents work really hard to you know, not do that, you yeah. know, to, to, to stay together and to bring me up in the best way they knew how. Right. And it was like, I would disappoint them, you right. know? Yeah. And then it was just like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> like, Hey, welcome back to four in the morning. Uh, this is John Amwachekwa. I'm your host. And just to remind you all, this is a podcast about hope, right? We believe every new day uh, begins in the dark. So regardless of what life looks like outside, the state of your soul does not have to match your surroundings. And so we try to tell stories here each week just to cement that point uh, in our minds and in our hearts. And this week, I'm glad to introduce you to one of my good friends, uh, Erica Brown. But before I do that, I just want to start off and shape this conversation by thinking about sentences, right? Um, There's certain sentences that we've heard so many times that once they begin, we know how they're going to end, right? So if I say roses are red, violets or blue, right? You've heard it a million times. It's so instinctive. We've heard that poem a million times since we were kids and we know how it'll end. Uh, but let me give you another sentence and I want you to tell me how this one ends. A black girl from South Dallas gets pregnant in college by a black man from North Houston who's a potential felon. How do you finish that sentence, right? How bright do you think their futures are? If a sentence started like that, how would you complete it, right? Probably with a stereotype. Um, All stereotypes are are easy ways for lazy people to incorrectly predict the future, right? But we've heard that storyline a million times. So we would probably, in our minds, end it off, well, with, well, this may be her first kid, but it's probably not going to be her last, or... You know, 12 years from now, she'll probably be at a dead-end job. Or even if she has a good job, she'll likely be on government assistance for the rest of her life and on and on and on. There's so many common ways to end that sentence. Uh, But what if I told you that 
that sentence beginning doesn't have to end the way that it does in your mind. Um, I think you probably believe me because we've all heard rags to riches stories. So you would admit that it's possible, but you probably wouldn't believe that it's probable, right? Stories like that make front page because they're so rare. But Erica Brown's life proves that how a sentence begins really has no bearing on how it ends. So from her standpoint, feel free to complete other people's sentences, but just don't complete hers. Uh, she's eager about providing pathways into a new way of life that aren't only possible for people like her, but probable. Uh, she's been one of our best friends for uh, about 15 years now, and I've been privileged to see her every step of the way. Uh, and I'm glad to introduce her to y'all today. One of the things that I love about her story is that although it ends off remarkable, every step that she's taken has been incredibly normal um, and reproducible. And so in that way, it gives everybody a reason to hope. And so I hope that this helps you to hope better today. So enjoy uh, and remember that every new day begins in the dark. All right. Here's my convo with Erica. I'm just trying to introduce the world to the people that inspired me to hope. And you are one of those people. So, Aww. yeah. Tell me, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself now. What do you do? Right? All right. What do you do? Lots of things. Okay. Uh, I'm a wife, a mom yeah. first. Uh, I'm a real estate agent here in Atlanta. I have a Not team. just an agent. You're kind of a, a real estate <laughs> mogul, right? Agent is kind of like... I mean, that's one of the things I do. I, I do lots of things. But it's kind of like talking to, like, <laughs> you know, Muhammad Ali and asking him what he does. He's like, ah, you know, I punch some people sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. No, you're that's underselling. Funny. Right. So okay. you, you don't just sell houses. Like, No. Okay. I don't just sell homes. <laughs> right. I don't just help people sell homes. I, but I'm an investor. Okay. I teach other people to invest. Uh-huh. I uh, have a team of agents. I uh, have a property management company with my family. Uh, yeah, I'm an educator. We do a lot. Yeah, here in Atlanta, too. In a, in a new role, homeschool co-op mom. Come too. on, right, 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 right. <laughs> do all the things. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, an, I'm an aspiring mogul. Right. I say mogul is how I like yeah. to describe myself. And we tell... Ava all the time. Oh, Erica's your rich auntie, all right? So go. if you want, <laughs> through the years, when we say no, go to her and she'll say, she's got it. Absolutely. Right. I all got right. whatever whatever Ava needs, we got it. You're in Atlanta, 30-something, mm -hmm. I'm not going to date 34, you. I'm cool, yeah. all I'm right. cool with all that. Right. Yep, in Atlanta, been here 10 years. Yeah, homeowner, business owner, mm -hmm. help other people, not just... Uh, own their homes, but learn how to use invest their homes and invest to generate wealth. Yeah, you want that to be contagious. Yes. At thirty four, you've done well for yourself. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, so. Let's talk some about the trajectory, right? So, <laughs> what was your trajectory to get here, right? Because yeah. most people would look and say, "Yo, I yeah, this family, mom, wife." co-op uh mom <laughs> all of that yeah her upbringing must have been like the huxtables so you nah, grew up both nah. parents in the house they did what they grew up both parents in the house okay. but not the huxtables what? My, my parents were not a doctor and a lawyer right they were just you know blue collar regular working people yeah uh 
Yeah, I grew up south of Dallas. Yeah. Uh, a little place called Lancaster. Yeah. Um, it was it was fun childhood, but it was crazy right. for sure. I mean, I grew up having this kind of almost like double life, like where it was like really good in school, but got into a lot of trouble. Just I've I've always been very bold, very persistent. Whenever I seen something I wanted, I ran after it, even if my parents were like, "No, don't right. do that." Uh, so, so just always had this feistiness yeah. in me. What's the earliest memory that you have of just <laughs> feistiness? So, yeah, when I was five, uh, I got kicked out of kindergarten because I broke someone's nose. <laughs> what? what? Hold, hold, hold on, like, like <laughs> we're playing on top of the jungle gym, and I don't she fully falls? know. Remember what happened? I just remember, like, you know. Like, most of my fights I've had in my life, probably, like, 9 out of 10 have been protecting someone else. Gotcha. Right? So, it's been someone messed with my friend, and I, like, went and, like, slapped him. Uh, Right. So, (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was around protecting someone close to me. But I'm an 8 Enneagram. It finally made sense as I got older. Gotcha. Yeah. So, this was a fight, 5 years old. No, it wasn't a a fight. fight. I just hit her in her nose. And her nose broke. Well, it was a fight. She okay. just didn't fight back. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's still a fight if you hit them one time and they go down. It's just a poor fight. Sure. On there. All right. Yeah. So five years old, kicked out. Yeah. Broke her nose. Yeah. And then my mom was like, what am I going to do with this child? And yeah. I'm the oldest, you know, so, okay. you know, I'm kind of like the, the trial run for everything, you All know. Right. And yeah, so just again. So this right there does not. Your story does not start off like the origin story <laughs> of one who would wind up where you yeah. No, okay. it doesn't. It doesn't. And it continue you continue to see that over and over again. Right. And my story is crazy. So was it like were you just a continual fight? Like what was life like as you grew up? Yeah. To college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, life was like similar and where, you know, I had lots of friends and was great in school, was, you know, on, you know, honors student. But outside of class, I was like wilding. Yeah. Like, you know, I was not listening, doing what I wanted to do, right. you know, just acting crazy, whatever. Yeah. And by by God's grace, you know, I got to college. Yeah. <laughs> and, go. you know, first with my family to do that. And yeah, got got there and trying to figure out life. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to school and mm-hmm. yeah, you came by yourself. You came with a. I actually came with yeah, a group of folks that I went to so. high school with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was that was fine. Like we, I was definitely like no new friends kind of person. Right. So <laughs> like we lived together and you know did everything together, went to right. school and all that. And then you know they actually moved back home. So it was right. like I was at this pivotal point where it was like all my friends moved back home. At the time, I had met my husband. He was a good friend of mine. Yeah. And, you know, he was going through things in his life. He was actually um, potentially about to go to jail. For, for what? It's crazy. So to make a long story short, he ended up um, having a car that was stolen mm-hmm. and was caught with it. And it was number changes i don't know kind of crazy right. stuff yeah. and the court marshals actually like showed up to his practice and like took him to jail one day so it was like he was at this crossroads where he was like potentially going to jail and facing jail time and yeah. i was at this crossroads where i had just got out of this five-year 
abusive, really, you know, really difficult relationship. And and then on top of that, all my friends, again, I'm not a friendly person at right. the moment. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's not the same person you see here. Yeah, you're like, I've been breaking noses since five years <laughs> exactly, old. Exactly, right? right? You know, a lot of people don't deal with that. And so, you know, so I'm at this pivotal, pivotal moment that all my friends left and my my boyfriend left me right. and I got this friend, you know, and he's going through stuff too. And we just trying to figure life out, yeah. you know? And it was, it was really crazy. And so I went to this retreat and I heard, you know, the gospel, which was like, man, I don't have to clean up my stuff to like be accepted by God. Yeah. I just got to like trust him. Yeah. It was like, wow, I've never, I thought I had to do this and do right. that. Yeah. Another big thing for me at that retreat was like, okay, before I was like, oh, well, you know, I can't really have like a relationship with the Lord because I'm not a virgin. I'm not this, you know, all I've right. done all these things that yeah. I felt like I, I, I thought, you know, kept me far from God. Yeah. And then I was just like, wait, hold on. Like you accept me like as I am and I just trust in you. Yeah. And so that was like a really pivotal point for me. And so so then I just slowly started to want to do different things. And yeah. I started to not want to fight anymore. <laughs> and I started to like want to read my Bible. <laughs> and <laughs> same thing, you know, with my husband. And it was great, you know. Yeah. But we were in this like little island of getting to know Jesus in this right. way. Yeah. And then, of course, this is like the first man in my uh -huh, life that I'm uh -huh. like, you know, you like Jesus, I like Jesus, you kind of cute, I'm kind of cute, you what's up? playing football at the time. So yeah, he, yeah, having sleepovers <laughs> uh -huh. every night. And, you know, over a period of time, man, we wound up pregnant. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, yeah, so he, we're in college still, have not, you know, graduated or anything. Uh, he, he was potentially going to jail, <laughs> you know, and now, and, and really we weren't even in a like relationship. We right. were just like friends, you know? Right. And yeah, now I'm, I'm pregnant and I'm like, what is going to happen with my life? All right, so you get to college, mm -hmm. first in your family yeah, to go to college. Yep. And when you finally get there, things look well in terms of school stuff, mm -hmm. and you wind up a black girl from South Dallas, mm -hmm. pregnant at, what, 19? Yeah, no, 20. 20, 20 yeah. 20. Pregnant at 20. Mm-hmm. Pregnant by a potential felon, a black man. Yes, <laughs> yeah. From North Houston, from the North Side of Houston. Yes, North Side. Yep. Google North Side Houston. <laughs> <laughs> North Side with an RF. Yeah. Um. Potential felon. Mm hmm And those are the two. Right. Those are the things as you think of stigma in the black community. Yeah. Right. For sure. Parents say, yo. Single mom. Don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't get pregnant. Yeah. Gotta get done with school first. And don't go to jail right there. Yeah. They're already trying to lock us up for stuff that we don't do. Yeah. So don't do nothing. Yeah. When you found out that you were pregnant, what went through your mind? Oh my gosh. 
some of the thoughts were like, this can't really be happening. Almost like a denial of the the truth right. kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And then it was like, oh man, I don't want to be a baby mama. Like, right. mm. that's my, like, I don't, my, my parents work really hard to, you know, not do that, you yeah. know, to, to, to stay together and to bring me up in the best way they knew how. Right. And it was like, I would disappoint them, you right. know? Yeah. And then it was just like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> like, how is this going to happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and it was also like, I mean, Lord, I'm kind of getting to know you. Why would why would you do this right. to me? Kind of thing too, you know. Yeah. I was just because because a month before I found out I was pregnant, we were like, okay, we're gonna stop having sex. Mm. We're gonna tell people. We're gonna set up all these boundaries. <laughs> right. We like had this whole list. We were ready. Like we right. were really gonna do it. You yeah. know, this time. And yeah, it's crazy. Hey, did it ever like cross your mind like not just that you were pregnant but like who i'm having this baby but, but like i was this. like yeah he cool but i don't really know him like that you know right. like and it was like you know well what's gonna happen with him right again so i just instantly went to like but i don't want to be a baby mom i don't want to be a i don't want to be a single mom you right. know yeah um yeah it was it was just yeah, it was a lot. It was a whole lot. Did you ever feel like my my life is over? I didn't feel like my life okay. was over. Yeah. Which was surprising. I now I look back. Right. <laughs> that that would have been a very valid feeling. Yeah. I didn't feel like that. It was more so like all right, what are we going to do? Like what's next? What what happens, you know? Yeah. Now what what do you think was inside of you that made you, that put you in a spot where you didn't feel that, right? Because that's what we've been, mm -hmm. that's been preached and instilled yeah. in us. Yeah, from the time that we come up, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. If you find yourself in this place, yeah. your life is done. So don't. Yeah. So yeah. What, what was it that mm -hmm. gave you hope then that I, this ain't the end of my story. I think there's more to this sentence. Well, I guess one, a couple of things. My parents just have always instilled in me confidence. Mm. Like, you know what? If something doesn't work out, there's always a reason and you can always like push through. So right. I just I just grew up with like parents just telling me like I can do anything kind right. of thing, you know? So yeah. I've never and then I've seen it like right. like in my parents their own stories. I've seen them push through so much adversity. How, like what? So, I mean, like my mom growing up in an abusive home, being very poor, um, and just seeing her like being a working mom and work uh, and take care of us, but still be like, didn't miss nothing. Like my mama was always uh, there. I'll be like, can you leave? Right. Like I had some friends' moms that, you know, they, yeah. they weren't always around like that. I'm like, can I just go over... She was always there, right? Uh -huh. And then, you know, my dad just, like, his story, mom dying at, you know, his five, and yeah. him, like, literally picking cotton, not having an education, moved to Dallas at 17, and, you know, took care of us and built a business. Like, you know, wow. so seeing them and their story, like, it helped me to know it's not over for me mm. because 
they just instilled this confidence in me. You just, you, you keep going. You, we figure it out kind of thing. Yeah. I, I feel like black people collectively have it, it like as our culture, like we just are very- We'll make it work. Yeah. We'll, what, okay, we're, what are our resources? What do we need to do? Let's, let's make it happen, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. So I call it like a superpower, but. May go to jail, may be free. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm in school. What? I have confidence that this isn't a death sentence. Yeah. That my sentence is still open-ended. Yeah. What were the next steps for you? Because you're here now, so there was some <laughs> trajectory that you're on. I mean, I actually, I mean, I don't remember calling my husband then, but we were just kind of like whenever i did tell him he was just like oh okay but we instantly was like okay we we'll just get married again uh-huh. we had not even been in a relationship <laughs> we were just friends who didn't end up having sex you know <laughs> right. like so but yeah, he's like i guess we'll get married and it was just like okay that's cool <laughs> get married sure um and later it was crazy because I didn't even, I really wasn't friends with Chandra at this point. Yeah, no. But uh, I was like, uh, you know, we we thought we were going to get married and we were, you know, moving forward with that. And Lawrence had some friends that were Christian. Right. Who were, who had been kind of talking to him in his life and was like, well, were you going to marry her before you got pregnant? He's like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, you know, you sure you want to marry her now, you know? And so uh, after, you know, him talking to his friends or whatever, and he called me, he was just like, I don't, I don't think, Yo, gonna, I don't I don't think we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? Uh-uh. <laughs> Call Chandra. See what she say. She going to say we should get married, you yeah. know? And Chandra was like, you know, I think I agree with him. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, it just didn't make sense to me. Like, right. why would we not, you know? And so, but it worked out great. Like. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the time, I didn't think it was great. But, you know, eventually, like, we, you know, I moved in with some women. We're still trying to go to school, all that kind of stuff. And he moved in with some men. And we just, like, worked on growing emotionally, you know, trying to become more mature (laughs) individuals. Right. Um, We, man, we, I remember us like like sitting down and being like okay like you know i need to figure out how to create a budget like even like practical things like that right. like that i didn't really think about before i had yeah. never changed a diaper like i wasn't like the i'm still not the kind of person that's like oh let me let me babysit your kid uh, right. no i right. had to like learn that kind of stuff too yeah. And we just grew deeper in our faith and like, what does it mean for me to be a woman of God? Right. Like, and yeah. let me read the scriptures to find out what that looks like for me. Right. And he did the same thing for him. And that was about six months. You know, he would still come to doctor's appointments, but that uh-huh. was pretty much it. Right. Yeah. And uh, one day he invited me out to uh, Whataburger. There we go. Yep. Went on a date to Whataburger. And he was like, you know what? I think I am ready to like really lead you like in a real relationship and to potentially be your husband. I was oh, like, yeah. okay, that's, that's cool. We yeah, can do yeah. That. I had that convo with Chandra at Subway. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Whataburger and Subway, That's you know, it. all the amazing things happen. And then, you know, I think like four months later, we got engaged and then we had our, we had our son a month after engagement, uh-huh. LJ. And uh, we got married two months after that. Wow. And uh, that was my, my relationship story. But, right. you know, it was like a struggle. Like he ended up not going to jail. Mm. Um, but in Texas... You know, he ended up being forced to take a plea. You know, you, you've seen yeah. the documentary 13th. Yeah. Horrible legal representation. Mm. He ended up, you know, he was going to have uh, jobs right out of college and, and those all kind of went away. Right. And one time, so we just had, we started out with this new family um, already having these, these eyes stacked against us. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a struggle for real, for right. real. Mm. So I ended up working at a bank and uh, it was crazy because I was working in Denton, Texas, and they really didn't want to hire me because I went on like five interviews. Yeah. But I, so I think the recruiter see, seen something in me. Yeah. So they kept sending me on other and <laughs> other branches, but like nobody wanted to hire me. Yeah. So somebody finally hired me, a Denton downtown branch. And my career was just stagnant, you know, because, you know, the manager, he was nice and right. he took a chance on me, but nobody like invested anything in me. Right. right. So um, my career really didn't take and off. Why do you think that was? Why? Why do you think nobody invested anything? I think they just didn't understand me. Yeah. You know, I was actually the only black banker at the time in that district. Right. And there were no black managers. Right. All the managers were white. Yeah. Um, all, all of the senior bankers were also white. Yeah. And I just think they didn't understand me. So that's crazy that you had a recruiter that would send you yeah. on the same interviews until she hoped somebody saw pity on me. In you. <laughs> right. Or, <laughs> or potential, right? Pity yeah, on potential. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah but. <laughs> So it's like somebody who saw that in you and then you said, I finally get the job. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like nobody. I mean, I was I, I was the one going to other people like, hey, how do I do this? How can I come with you? Right. But it, no one was coming to me uh, just being like, hey, mm. try this, try that. And so, you know, I didn't really grow much during that short period of time right. until I got, we got to Atlanta. We moved to Atlanta uh, in 2010. Okay. And uh, I started working here in Midtown, and I had this young, fiery gay manager, right? gay man, and he was awesome, right? right? Yeah. And he was like, come on, little black girl, let's, <laughs> let's figure this out, girl. You know, it was, but it was what I needed, you right. know? And he gave me just a little bit of coaching, and like, my numbers soared, and I started growing, yeah. and I started killing it. Right. And then I went from being the like lowest banker in that right. same branch to being the manager just a few years later That's over crazy. everybody, which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah. So your trajectory was single mom yeah. working in Denton, Texas, yeah. when nobody helped you out, yeah. to I moved to Atlanta. Yeah. I start to work at this bank. Yeah. And then from there, yeah, talk more about the path i mean i know your story yeah i think one of the things that i love about your story is this like we look at somebody like you know like a jay-z or Mm -hmm. a beyonce yeah and you know jay-z came from the projects you know yeah and now he's a billionaire yeah 
you know, and so he'll talk about all the things that he did. Yeah. But his story is inspirational, mm-hmm. but it's not reproducible, right? True. Like, yes. there's one Jay-Z. Yeah. And it's like, you're not going to follow that blueprint, however well he laid it out. Yeah. To get where he got. Um, yeah. But I think what I love about your story is um, there's a million girls mm-hmm. from South Dallas mm-hmm. whose sentences start off like yours, mm-hmm. but then they get to a pathway or they get to a place where they find themselves at the same crossroads that you were in. Yeah. And I think because of what they've seen and yeah. what they have not seen, they tend to think. It's over for me. It's over. Yeah. And I love your story because it's like, nah, you took out the period. Yeah. And you put a semicolon mm-hmm. and said, hey, let me keep on writing mm-hmm. this sentence. So just talk a little bit more about your mm-hmm. yeah, Evolving. pathway. Yeah. Well, and then a couple of things. I was thinking about this the other day. And another big part of my story, I feel like, and I alluded to it earlier when I was talking about like no new friends. Yeah. A big part of my story is in addition, so although I was working and trying to pursue my career and advancing and all of that, and, you know, my husband had his challenges with um, initially at first finding a job. Like one way I know that like our stories, how he helped me, um, even though he wasn't able to provide like the breadwinner during that time was that he helped like bring out my personality. Ah. Like again, because I'm because he's just like this vibrant, right? Like, yeah. Talk to anybody kind of person. Right. Like he just be bringing over people to the house. And I'm like, uh, like that's his personality, <laughs> right. right? So, uh, I feel like, like part of my involvement in like the coaching and learning that was also my husband like pushing me to like open up my personality and to like let people know a little bit more who you are. Right. And so it was it was like a combination of those two things really helped me to be like, okay, like, hey, it's okay if you don't know something. Like, why don't you ask that person a question? I'm like, I can't ask them I that. Can't. And so right. <laughs> it's like the boldness and the and the push from my husband to like really open up a little mm. bit more yeah. really led to some instrumental relationships that has like changed the trajectory of my career for sure. Like what? Man, like I'll like I'm just the kind of person who is like if I don't know something again over time I became this person like if I don't know something I'll just ask someone right so during the time you know I'm sitting here and I'm like trying to figure out what I want to do long term and I'm I'm the branch manager and we're killing it my branch is like the one of the top branches in Atlanta whatever and I'm just like okay what's next you know like what what I want to do next and. I'm, I'm, you know, I am reaching out and networking with people and trying to branch over into the corporate business side of of things. And, you know, God was like, I just, I, he didn't say this to me, but through, you know, relationships yeah. with uh, other people, it was just like, man, I, I want something else for you. So what's crazy is that your your brother Sam his his mm. passing really led me to be like okay I, what am I really gonna do with my life like his courageousness and yeah. being like oh I'll do this I'll do this and sometimes we'll be like I don't know 
about that, I don't Sam. Know that's going. Sam always had a scheme. Like, yes, he so, did. <laughs> right, right. Our last conversation was in my basement, and he was talking about a scheme. <laughs> and and so just reflecting over his life, man, was like, okay, all you, you've been trying to pursue this, and these doors have closed. These doors have closed for a reason. So maybe there's another door open for you. Right. Um, and then that's when real estate came because yeah. it was like I was I moved to the West End. Yeah. And we were helping, like we would do these neighborhood tours right. and stuff. And it was like I then I would I would help people, you know, figure out where they want to be, and then I'll pass them over to someone else. And you're like, wait a minute. Wait, I was like, <laughs> after a while, I started adding up that money, and I was just kind of like, wait, hold on, I could do this myself, right? And nah, that's how I feel when I pass folks on to to you. <laughs> I'm like, thank wait a that. minute. Thank you for that referral this week. Uh, right. I'm trying to say, where's my finder's fee? Wait a minute. I may so, need that. Yep. Yeah. So I just reached out to some people that I knew that was in real estate and was yeah. like, hey, what does this look like for you? You know, I mean, how can I do this? Right. What does this look like? I mean, at the time I was making six figures. So it was like a big deal for me to leave. Right. And it's just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I did it, right? Yeah. But then even how I got into being an investor was because I had like asked all these rich people questions that came in my branch. Like I would just sit down and just ask them questions about like how they accumulated wealth and how they, you know, maintained it. And right. and I just I I recognized that the people who had the most wealth and seemed like they, you know, enjoyed the most out of life were yeah. entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and it was just like okay well the bag is not in working for someone right. for a long time the bag is <laughs> figuring out what you want to do with building your own business right. right yeah so and then of course i've seen that in my dad so it just i just kind of put a lot of those things together ah. and uh yeah so when i left the bank i was like i gotta get a hustle like i gotta have some extra passive income coming. right so i had a buddy who you know, um, was I was actually helping him find properties and stuff. And then I would just say, hey, I, I found this house. Like, what do you think? And it, I just literally had people walk me through it. And I just did it as they were walking me through it mm -hmm. and just learn through experience. And this is kind of how we are where we are now. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't believe in just being like, no. Yeah. It's like, yes, there's a way. Mm -hmm. Just got to figure out how to get there. That's it. That's just, yeah, my team, sometimes they're like, what? they're like, no, Erica, they can't. I'm like, yes, it can. Right. It can be done. It's just a matter of do we want to do it and how do we do it? What is it that drives you? Why do you do what you do? So you've talked about all of this stuff, right? Yeah. I've driven by your chateau in English Ave. So oh I know, my gosh. <laughs> so I know like what it's provided you. But yeah. Why do you, like? yeah, why have you done what you've done or why do you? I, it's, it's, I, I look at it two different ways. Um, I'm trying to think which, which way I want to start first. Yeah. I'll start with the generic, yeah. the blanket of yeah. what I do. And then I'll dive even a little bit deeper in that right. so the blanket is I, I want people to be able to like truly 
do what God is calling them to do. Right. Right. So sometimes that may mean like, okay, I got to, I got to be a teacher, even though I'm not really passionate about teacher teaching to invest in this way. But if I can invest in in this way strategically and it pays off, then I can do what I really want to do. Right. Whatever that is for that person is what I I'm really fundamentally passionate about helping people accomplish that. Yeah. Right. So for you, it's like, okay, John, how can I help you guys invest so that you can be the male Erica Brown, of, yeah, of Oprah. right, <laughs> right, Erica like Brown, that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that you don't have to worry about that financial act, like it's taken care of, right, right, yeah. and so that's fundamentally what I like to do. What is even deeper a drive for me is like to help Black people win, right? Like I really right. enjoy even more helping our community win, like. And for real, for real. Right. You know, and that means a lot of things, you yeah. know, that's and, and part of that is the economic opportunity that that can provide. Right. Because I know that with economic opportunity that takes care of a lot of of a lot of injustice and oppression that, you know, we have in our community. Right. Mm. So, I mean, I'm not like fully Booker T. <laughs> Or fully W E B, but I'm like a com or even Marcus Garvey. I'm kind of like a combination of all three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So uh, Martin and Malcolm is how right. I describe it. Dope. <laughs> so one of the things that y'all have started is um, Integrity Home Solution. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that yes it's a lot of things it's, it's a fun thing yeah. so it's integrity home solutions a family home owned business yeah. and we are local in the community for the community to provide excellence and jobs for our community so right. we do a lot of things um our primary vehicle is lawn care yeah it's it's a it's a very basic entry-level service right that we can see like instant change right as soon as we do it right um mm. this summer was our first summer launching our first internship program right and i was actually talking to a friend the best way you really really meet people and support your community mm. is by providing a job mm. or moving next to somebody right. <laughs> like those two right. things help you to really you you really want to like get back to community you want to like really right. like be in the hood yeah those are the two things that it requires to mm. me you know one of the two right and uh our internship was amazing we focused on not only labor yeah we focused on learning mm. um and so monday through wednesday they the guys were we had uh three interns and they were out there working yeah. with my husband mm. and my um two brother-in-laws right and another guy we have and they were working out there in the hot summer, killing <laughs> right. it. And then Thursday, um, they were w- with me learning right. financial literacy. And we learned everything from uh, how to make a budget. They set up bank accounts to investing and what it means to become a homeowner That's and cool. a landlord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they found out how much money like I made as a landlord, they were like, what? 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 Like, it was just blew their minds, right? Yeah. And then on Friday, we partnered with a friend of ours, Be Compelled, yeah. uh, Chris, and he taught them about what it means to like learn about like yourself, your history, emo- uh, social emotional learning, yeah. you know, what Jesus has for like he really do- right, dove right. into their emotional aspect yeah. of it. And it was an eight week program and it was great. The guys finished yeah. and it's it's awesome. Yeah, dope. Yeah. 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 
what I love about what y'all have done with IHS is like, uh, um, you know, it's really on a mass scale reproducing what your parents did mm. with you, right? Mm. That I think that one of the reasons why your sentence didn't stop short mm -hmm. was because where everybody else in the world saw a period and that's all that they could see. Yeah. What you were like is, nah, I've, I've seen it work. I know that it yeah. can be done. And I think what I love is that that's what y'all are doing. Right? Yeah. We don't live in a vacuum. Right? Yeah. Like, we don't. Yeah. Pessimism, uh, is contagious, right? And that's For why sure. the media is so unhelpful in so many regards. Yep. But hope's contagious as well. Yeah. And y'all are just, yeah, it seems like that's what y'all are yeah. trying to do. Yes. Like just Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our guys come through, have really, really difficult situations. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first intern interview, it was, it was crazy because it's, it was myself and three other married black men, homeowners, and this kid who was like, we asked him, we were like, you know, who's your role model? And all of them were like, oh, this white man, you know? And mm -hmm. so for them to be able to see black men who like were married and have responsible, like were responsible for their families and right. had ed and were educated and owned businesses, it was just right. like, it blew their minds. Right. They were like, one guy almost made me cry. He was like, I had to be who I couldn't see. Mm. I was just like, oh. <laughs> so this is why we do what we do, right. you know, like and live where you live and live where we live on purpose, right? All right, yeah. So, Raise our kids here, right? Etc. Final words, okay. If you had to say one thing to somebody who's in need of, so a girl from South Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Just got pregnant. Mm -hmm. Feels like my life is over. Mm -hmm. What would you say to her mm -hmm. if she was sitting right here in front of you? I would say, one, your life is not over. Yeah. Your sentence does not end here. <laughs> right. There are lots of options for you. Yeah. For, for you. And you come from just a group of people who don't lay down. Right. Mm. We get up mm. and we keep going <laughs> right. and we ask for help right. and we make it work. Uh. And, and, and we're honest about it too. Yeah. Like we're not like, you know, I'm not, we're not going to like, you know, sugarcoat things. Right? right. But I would say that your story is not over. Like it is not over. It's just beginning. That's, dope. That's what I would say. All right. And what would you say to somebody regardless of their upbringing? Say they were the Huxtables. Yeah. Or somebody that is just like, uh, right? Successful mm -hmm. black in Atlanta, make as much as our yeah. white counterparts. Yeah. And they're free to live and to do whatever they want to, wherever they, yeah. they want to. What would you say to them? I would say, and I, 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 this is what I, I tell my kids. Yeah. Because you know, they, even though they see a lot of, they, they have more than what most people have around them. Right. So they could be, they're those people that yeah. you just described. One, I would say that recognize the people that helped you get there. Mm. And two, recognize that you're there for a reason. Mm. You're there to inspire and you have an obligation to inspire right. 
and to and to reach back and help the other people who are being held down like right. mm. like you, that's that's you right. like <laughs> don't just like live life and just be about yourself right. you know like yeah. help someone else yeah. you know um they they want to see you yeah. like i said like he had to be who he couldn't see yeah be grateful that that wasn't your story right and at the same time recognize that that could have been your story right and that it wasn't for a reason so right. so Again, like to me, you're obligated. You need to, and I say obligated because that's just kind of how I live my life. Oh, it is like it's a bur uh, what you're saying is like this ain't a suggestion. It's not just something that nice that you could do. Yeah, it's saying nah, like yeah, the, yeah. the generational impact is real. Yeah, like like it, it's really really real. And then, so if you understand that, and you don't just look at if you're just not in your individual bubble you will see that as a community right. we need you mm. and it helps your individual house household by helping everyone else right. um and it helps generations to come mm. even though you good you know what i'm saying yeah. and so yeah that's what i would say to that person fantastic <laughs> yes thank you this yeah has been great. thank you Anything else that I didn't ask you that I should have that you want to share? Oh, that's a good question. Oh. No. Okay. I think, yes. I think we're good. Oh. <laughs> All right, y'all. Right, that's it for the day. Um, I hope you were encouraged to hope more. Uh, and just a reminder, parting words from me, you'll hear me say this all the time, is uh, it, hope is a gift, right? And if it's found you today, I just want you to be reminded that uh, hope has found you on its way to somebody else, right? Share something that makes you hopeful with somebody that's in need of that hope. Uh, and I'll see you all again next week. All right. We'll talk soon. Peace.